You can learn my whole heart. You can learn every part of me. Welcome everyone to the Stoner Sunday service. It is Sunday the 10th of September. It is the opening weekend of regular season football. I'm Pastor Pothead. I'm a fully ordained Christian pastor through the International Council of Community Churches. This is an open service where everybody is welcome. And of course, services last no more than 30 minutes. It feels like a Domino's commercial, doesn't it? 30 minutes and you're out or it's free. Well, it's free either way, so that works out. Let us pray. Father, we come before you today with humble hearts. We praise you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you for your many blessings in our lives. We ask for your guidance and wisdom as we go through this church service. Help us to open our hearts and minds to hear from you. Our readings today, we have a couple, we have three, and actually within the sermon, there'll be a lot more um, scripture I'll, I'll mention, but we have three that really talk to the sermon this week. This is the word of our Lord. Ephesians 4, 26 to 27 says, go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. From Proverbs 14.29, we learn that slowness to anger makes for deep understanding. A quick-tempered person stockpiles stupidity. And ultimately, Romans 12.21 says, Our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. If they are thirsty, get them a drink. 
Your generosity will surprise them with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. This is the word of our Lord. Now, before I jump into the sermon, I thought I'd play one more song to help us relax, get the day kind of off of us and, and allow us to center ourselves and hear the sermon. So this is Days Like This by Seven Hills Worship. Let us pray. Lord, help me to speak your word with faithfulness, clarity, authority, passion, wisdom, humility, and liberty. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Anger. Now, this is an interesting topic to talk about in church. And I really need a reminder of what the Bible and God tells us about anger. You see, this week, or really the last month and a half, has been a true frustrating time for me, and, and it's been difficult to control my anger. You know, we had a, an issue with the internet here. My, you know, not only my social life and, you know, my gaming life are, are completely centered around the internet. As everyone can tell, I spend my life on Twitter, on the internet, you know, bumping from space to space. But I make a living through the internet too. So, you know, the ability for me to provide to my family 
has been slightly affected by this. And there's lots of things on my plate on top of that. Work is just going crazy. Things aren't working as what I thought they would. It's, it's you know, it's almost winter. We should be coming down and, and getting back into the swing of things. Of course, kids, my kids are not back in school. So even that is just affecting me. And I would lie to you if I would tell you that I don't let anger completely take over me at times, but I really need to do things different. You see, there, there are moments of uncertainty, waiting and frustration. These are all part of our journeys on earth. We can't experience comfort, peace and relief without having difficult moments to give us that comfort, peace and relief from. So instead of hating the location I'm at or the place I'm in and the situations I'm feeling, I'm facing the feelings I'm feeling. I'm trying to put everything within God's hands and let him talk to my heart and calm the anger. Because God is always God, even when we are anger in situations are iffy. So if you are going through or have gone through these frustrating things, know you're not alone and God's with you. Don't let your anger take you to that dark place. You can be angry. We can't act out from it. We can't let it affect our actions. We can't sin because of it. Now, there are things we can do within our lives to avoid anger. So let me give you a better idea of what's been going on. On July 28th, and this is how bad it is, I can tell you the dates and times everything occurred. On July 28th, my fiber line got accidentally cut for the second time this year by contractors. I called AT&T, told them what happened, and they, well, they said, your line's not cut. You have an issue with your equipment. We can have someone out there in the next five days. And I'm like, so what do I do for five days? They had no options to give me for five days. Luckily, T-Mobile, in their niceness, um, basically gave me one of their, you know, internet routers to utilize so we could have, you know, Wi-Fi and internet acceptable through through 5G. And AT&T came out, gave us a quick band-aid. I gave back the, the stuff to T-Mobile and all things were good. But they really weren't because AT&T told me they'd be back in two weeks. It's September 10th now. They had to come out and finally replace all the equipment on my house. They still haven't fixed the original problem. They still have a line out there that's partially broken that has a splice in it that works most of the time, but ever so often doesn't work. And it just makes me more and more angry. And on top of that, they, call, they called me like every day this week to ask me, hey, we see your services up. Can we cancel your appointment? I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And it got to a point where I let my anger take control. Now, if, if you know, being a good Christian man, um, I should really not do that. But being a man, being a human, being part of this earth, we know that's not always possible. There are points where our brains no longer think correctly and they, they just go. And I typically have a quick temper, which is even worse. It, to a point where I know my wife luckily had plans yesterday because she did not want to be here when I laid into the, the sales manager that always comes with the tech to make sure the customer's okay. Um, the tech was amazing. He fixed everything that he could. And the moment I started to get angry, he stopped me to let me know that he could fix what was broken, but he couldn't fix everything. 
And it made me think, why am I yelling at this poor guy who's here to fix my problems? I really want to yell at the execs at AT&T, and you can't do that. So you look to the Bible to understand, and the first thing that pops in my head is Proverbs 14.29, which tells us that slowest to anger makes for deep understanding, where quick-tempered person stockpiles stupidity, and harsh words only increase that anger. I mean, this what this is saying is if we take our time to truly understand the situation, we might see it through a different set of eyes. We won't quickly jump to anger, and by saying the things we want to say, we actually fire ourselves up more. But then again, Proverbs 15.1 reminds us that a gentle response diffuses anger, but a sharp tongue kindles that temper fire. Again, we're being told to take our time. Don't be quick to fly off the hang handle. Anger boomerangs. You can spot a fool by the lumps on his head. That's what Solomon told us in Ecclesiastes. All three of these remind us that when we get angry, when things are starting to upset us, you know that old, prov that old idea that says count to 10 before you open your mouth? It doesn't work to me because I can go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 9, 10. I did not get a chance to breathe. You need to take a chance to take a breath, mull it over in your head and decide if the words that are going to come out of your mouth will fix the situation or inflame it because God really wants us to act with love. And, you know, we are going to get angry regardless of what happens. We're going to stub our toe. We're going to give our wife a hug while she's in a rocking chair and accidentally push the rocker down on our foot and scream out loud in pain. That was my fault, by the way. She, my wife's in the room, so she gets to hear that, me say that. That was my fault. I was still angry. I was angry at the rocking chair. Yelling at a rocking chair does not fix a problem. So if you've got this ability to, to, to slow your anger, which is what God is telling us to do, slow your approach to anger. Let, let your mind fully understand the situation because you might not really be as angry as you think. My internet is still up. 99.9% .9 of the time, I still get full one, giga, one gigabit download and upload speeds. But it's that those, those two seconds that drive me nuts. Two seconds out of a whole day, I'm letting control my anger. Two seconds. It's not really worth it. But now that it's been so long, it's festering. It's building. It's making me find that place where I'm just thinking of ways to, to fix it. The Bible, again, tells us not to do this. Ephesians 4.31 says, Make a clean break with all the cutting, backbiting, profane talk. Be gentle with one another, sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. I'm going to tell you a secret about the idea of forgiveness in the Bible. Forgiveness in the Bible doesn't mean you forget. Forgiveness means you let that pain, suffering, and anger out of you. You clear yourself so you can continue on. You don't have to put yourself back in the same situation where that person, you know, caused the problem again. You're allowed to walk away from that situation even if you forgive that person. You don't always have to tell that person to their face that you forgive them, but you have to forgive them in your heart so that your heart can let that go. And by letting that go, the anger no longer festers. You don't become a bitter old man like I some days become. 
And even when you're angry, you should find a way to seek peace, find a way to, to calm. Psalms 34, 14 says, turn your back on sin, do something good, embrace peace. Don't let it get away. Embrace peace. Proverbs 29, 11 tells us a fool lets it all hang out and a sage quietly mulls it over. So not only should we embrace peace, we should control that anger instead of that, letting that anger control us. You know, there's, there's an ultimate moment in all this. It's that ability to overlook some offenses. Even the Bible tells us that in Proverbs 19, 11. Smart people know how to hold their tongue. Their grandeur is to, to forgive and forget. Now, again, I'm not saying that you can't let yourself get angry, but there are times where the offense is so small, or will it really matter in five minutes, that it's not worth letting it matter today. I, am, am, I have been trying to live my life on this idea that if it will not matter in my life when I wake up in the morning, should it really matter in my life at this moment? And that's how I'm trying to release my ability to be an angry person. And if you ask my wife, she'll tell you, I can be an angry person. I'm the one who gets on the phone when, when we have to return something and they're not being polite on the return, when companies are calling and, and they're not doing the job they're supposed to do, when we're dealing with people in stores that aren't being nice. I'm the conflict person. I, in, I feed off that conflict, but that conflict does somewhat fester and turn me bitter at the same time. And I need to learn how to release it. So that's what I'm learning. And now I've also learned that if I'm quiet and calm, sometimes that makes the other person a little more nervous that when I'm screaming and yelling, because when I'm screaming and yelling, it's easy to ignore me. When I'm quiet and calm and I'm letting logic drive me and my heart lead me to a direction that is success through love and not through anger, um, you really can upset that person. I mean, this is where Romans 12, 21 come in. This is the most important thing of this whole sermon. When you're angry, you have to do the opposite of everything you want to do. We're told to, if we see our enemy hungry, we go buy that person lunch. If they're thirsty, you get them a drink because your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Evil won't get the best of you. You'll get the best of evil by doing love. And I really want you to think about that. That is the ultimate idea. When we get to anger, our, our goal in life is to live through love and not anger because God will help us find peace in almost all situations. And yes, every season in our life, every season, turn, 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 um, it gives us a purpose when we let God work us through it. So there is purpose in the seasons. There's purpose in us trying to fix problems that affect us. And that helps us find solutions. And in those solutions, we can share that and everyone succeeds from that sharing of a solution. That's the purpose that God's working through, through us. So I've said a lot. And I, I want you to understand, and we've said this before. I've said this in a previous sermon. I'm going to remind you this again. Do not hide your feelings from God. Don't lie to yourself. Depending to be okay. Um, let God know your anger. Take all of your feelings to God. Let him know it all. Scream at God. Yell at God. Tell him what you think. You can tell him how mad you are at him, at the world that, that you just needed out. How many of us told our parents we hated them and immediately went back for a hug an hour later? 
because we had to release it from our heart. So if you need that release, release it to God. Yell at him, get in your car, scream out loud, let it all out, let it all flow. Go to your, your, your calm place in your house where you like to speak with the Lord and just let it out. Let it out to your God, to whoever you do it. If you have a spouse and you'd rather speak to your spouse, speak to your spouse about what's driving you nuts. Let them know before you sit down that you want to vent. You're not looking for resolution. So they know just to sit there. At least that's what my wife has to do. If anyone on here wants to talk to me about a problem and they do not want my brain to figure out a solution, you tell me that up front. I've told God that up front. God, I'm mad. I'm just going to let it all out. I'm not looking for you to fix it. I'm not looking for you to change it. I'm just looking for you to let me vent and then for you to give me a hug when I'm done. And that's the goal here. Because remember, God is our solution. Let us pray. Loving God, fill my heart with the love that you freely give. Make love my first and last thoughts. May I love others and freely give to them. Make my spirit a spirit of joy, happiness, and love for both my friends and my enemies. Help me love as abundantly as you have loved me. Amen. So as we start the, ne the, the next song, here's your opportunity. Please go down in the blue bubble or shoot me DM or whoever. Tag me so I know. Uh, I ask for your prayer request. So take a moment and, and enjoy the music. And if you have prayer requests, please offer them up. And at the end of the song, we will go through the prayers. And we'll uh, close up. And... Uh, I don't know how I planned this, but this was the song I picked next. This is Emotional Wreck by Emily Faith. I cry too much. Sometimes it feels like I don't feel enough. I talk too much. When I get going, I just can't shut up.
Lord, thank you for such an amazing day, for an amazing weekend, a chance for us to get together at the end of our weekend and worship you and find our center and some peace. Thank you for bringing Soli to us and Sapphire, Lorlord, Sagoni, Emily, Terrence, Zach, Cam, my wife Angie and Ellie. We love them and we hope that you give them you, you give them hugs and you share with them your love and you, you help them find their center and their peace. Let them know they've been touched by you and that you love them. Hold them closely. We ask that you watch over our families and friends and that you take care of the, the prayer requests that we have within our within us and that you watch out for not only our family and friends, but our communities, the places we live, the places we work, the friends that we hang out with. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Now, before we get into my favorite part of church, um, a, a couple quick announcements. I want to thank Lord Lord for introducing me to this really cool service um, that has allowed us to take the recordings I've done on, on Twitter, the, the recorded services, and collect them and move them up into the major podcast platforms. This is To me, this is really cool. So for those of you that want to listen to my sermons, if you miss them, um, you have the opportunity to listen to them right now on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music Podcasts, and on Spotify. We're available on all three. And if you click on my on my profile, you will see under my large profile this thing called link sheesh forward slash pastor pothead. On that page, you will find links to my the, the three different ways you can listen to the podcast. So for those of you that might miss a Sunday or you're watching football and they're doing good or anything happens or you just want to catch what was said, you're welcome to go back and listen to those. They're all available. Another note, this was the opening weekend for football. I'm still dealing with anger because I'm a Bengals fan and they love to let us down the week one. I, I think it's just the way week one has to be. They have to get destroyed for two or three weeks. Then we go to the playoffs. Um, so I understand your pain, Lord, Lord, with the Eagles fumbling the ball. I get it. It's painful. But it's only week one, and we have 15 more weeks of football to go. Anyway, my favorite part of church is when I ask for money from you guys, because I love to tell the same joke. I'm dad joke number one, which basically is I'm not going to ask for your money. I don't need your money. This is the for tithing. Tithing is the ability to share the gifts that God has blessed you with to care for your communities. I don't need your gifts, your communities do. These are the communities you live in, you work in, and you play in. So if you have a neighbor that needs help with their lawn or getting groceries, or, or someone you know has been laid off and they need help with food, that's where you tithe. Not to this church. You tithe to them. You give them those gifts that you can share with them to help them enjoy life just a little bit more just as if you are. That's the idea of loving others as you love yourself. There is no sense for someone across the street from you to be hungry if you're eating. Share the food if you have the ability to. So that is what I ask of you each week. Go out into your community, find those people that need it most and support them for that is the tithe I ask of you. And yes, I've gone over a minute. I apologize. So let's close with prayer. 
God, we thank you for meeting us here tonight and for delivering your word. May each soul in this place have been touched through the songs and the preaching. May each take to heart the word that came forth. We pray that those seeking an answer received it and those that need a special touch were granted that touch. Bless each of us and keep us safe until we're able to gather together again. Now to you that have been here, um, I say to you, go into the world with confidence, trusting that Christ is with you. And go be a beacon of light in this dark, dark world. Amen. I'm going to close out with one more song. You are welcome to go as you please. At the end of the song, I wait a second and then I close out the space so everyone here gets to actually hear the end of the song. Um, because when I close the space, there's another, there's a delay. So you get cut off. So you understand what I'll do. Um, after that, I'll probably join a space in a little bit and we can all hang out and, and talk then. So we will close with this final song, which my eye just lost. Um, called Anxious by Kay Anthony and Jared Jamieson. Thank you, everybody. Have a beautiful day. I love you all.